morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. You know what it is this time of year? Nobody really works because... Start watching games. And then the Masters rolls around. You got opening day. So really, I think... Hockey and basketball playoffs Playoffs start. begins. You it really, takes you all the way through June. It should never work, really. Yeah, then it's the summer. Like, 4th of July comes around. And then, then maybe you can do a little bit of work before college football starts up. So we broke this down because a couple weeks ago, we all concluded, obviously... That February is the worst month of the year. So Correct. maybe people should really only work during February. So in hindsight, folks, you missed the month to be productive. Not Correct. Work. It's over now. You have 11 months to go. Enjoy it. I believe in the old news talk days, I would say. Decades ago. On, this was, what, like 27 years ago? <laughs> oh, back, back in the 50s. So long ago. It was an ensemble show I was part of, okay? What was it called? Well, it was called the Martin Kilquin Show. But it was, but not, was, all, it was not all about me, <laughs> Okay. okay? <laughs> But I would occasionally say when it would be like a light snow, I would say, everybody, just head home or start happy hour a little early. Just enjoy your day. Be safe out there. And business owners would text in and say, knock it off. I got people that I need working. Quit, quit telling everybody to take the rest of the day off. So I stopped being take it easy guy. And now Chuck has uh, taken over that mantle. But also, my favorite two words, you know, whenever you say anything these days, Somebody is going to find some type of offense with that. So whenever I say that, point spread. besides point spread, whenever I say that, oh, have a beer, take off work, somebody will always tweet me, police officers, EMS, military, firefighters, they can't take those days off. They have serious jobs. That's always implied, correct? We, we always imply that. Right. There are people that can't take days off. We're talking about the, sh- the schleppers now, like us. Now tweet out next time there's a big snowstorm. Doctors, Nurses. lawyers, police officers, start drinking. There you go. <laughs> Whenever they say on a big storm, all non-essential personnel stay home. <laughs> Guys like Martin and Charlie get in their car like, God, we're, we're like stupid sportscasters. I mean, we're, <laughs> and we're driving through the snow. I don't really feel essential. I got a pizza delivery. That's different. That's essential. Correct. Sports guys getting to work in a big storm, non-essential. Midday grind here on Five Nine of the Fan. The coveted hours with the kids call it. Brought to you in part by Appliance Discounters. They have six area locations all around the Five Ninety listening area. If you're in the market for a new appliance or an entire new kitchen, in fact, Denise can do a design for you. They've got you covered at Appliance Discounters in. South County, Webster Groves, Baldwin, St. Charles, City of St. Louis, and in Fairview Heights, Illinois. What happens over there, Brian? What oh, Albert Bell. Thank you. 
Albert he goes Joey there Bell. and buys ovens. When, he, when, when they he, say you get like a dented appliance, it's because Albert Bell dented it. Oh, see, it all comes together. He was what running over trick or treaters or something? <laughs> hey, he likes Allegedly, a few. A few he things. now does a little, Allegedly. little house rehab work over in the uh, Metro East. Yeah, appliance discounters, six area locations. Theappliancediscounters.com. Biggest names in the appliance world: GE, Frigidaire, Electrolux, Samsung, all available. In one spot, find them online at theappliancediscounters.com. The Blues over the weekend, Chuck, dismantled the Pittsburgh Penguins. Strong, strong showing in Pittsburgh, plus the return of Jordan Bennington. Then they lose in a shootout to Buffalo. It continues a weird trend. They play really well against the good teams and not so good against the bad teams, which I told Frank that's just fine. For the playoff model, you're in good shape. And every Friday, when the Blues play a couple games, we always ask each other how many points for the weekend. Now, if it's an easy slate, you say, let's, let's get them both, four points. For this weekend, we can check the tape. I think, Jim Heuer, did we both say three? I think so. We did. Yeah. But you probably thought opposite. That is correct. You thought they're going to beat Buffalo 5-1 and maybe squeak out an overtime or shootout loss versus Pittsburgh. So, of course, the Blues flip it, but still... Overall, I don't think you can complain about a three-point weekend. Jordan Bennington with 40 saves on Saturday. And you got Hitch coming back to town. Remember, we said he will turn that program around, but apparently the Oilers, according to Strick, the Oilers are not very good. So I it's think, not Strick's fault. It's not Hitch's fault. Uh, I think it is It's Strick's, Strick's fault, fault yes. that the Oilers are bad. It's not Hitch's fault. Should I think Strick credit for the Billikens four straight in four days? Did they hear him call their season a failure? Should Strick, Did uh, he say that? He, yeah. Oh, yeah, he said that. Wow. Yeah, Friday. Too soon. On it's, Friday, he said that? Yeah. Isn't the lesson that we get taught over and over again, it's like the, the clip we have of Costas where he says, the sports guy always says, this will give us me- needed perspective. And then a second later, you're breaking down somebody's draft possibility. You lose perspective immediately. But we're always reminded to never write a final chapter on any team. Ever. Until it's over. When it's all done, then like this year's Blues team, when it's all over, then we can analyze whether it was a good season, bad season, disappointing, whatever. We were disappointed that SLU didn't do better in the regular season. That's a fact. But I don't think any of us could slap a label on how the whole season is to be reviewed until it's over. You have no way of knowing what's going to happen. To be fair, another of my favorite phrases, with SLU's disappointing regular season, was it disappointing because they didn't play well or because Cartier Gordon transferred and then they had a ton of injuries and they were very thin depth-wise, which, again, doesn't explain why they were able to dominate four games in four days, I guess, and dominate the second halves, even though they're playing six guys. But I feel like watching SLU in the regular season, I wasn't like, man, they're not playing well. Obviously, they didn't make some free throws, but it was more of a numbers game, don't you think? Well, certainly that was a big reason why. But losing to Richmond at home, the way they lost to Davidson, missing free throws, at the there were some there were some wins on the table there. Even going to Carbondale and losing earlier in the year, I thought they were going to be a better team than that. So I think there was some disappointment on the whole, even without the Cartier exit. And I don't know if you heard Tremaine, but he was really good last hour, just kind of explaining the whole ups and downs. And there's a guy who you wouldn't write the final chapter on him. Because I think you were mildly disappointed in his season. You thought he was somebody who was going to come in and be a great scorer and be able to take over on certain nights. We had been told that. He was a dynamic scorer at Drexel. He did become that guy when they needed it most over the weekend. Four days, four wins, 
and now they don't play. It's probably the last game of the opening round, is it? It is. Friday I looked that night? up. It yeah. is 8.57 p.m. Central, and you know it'll probably start after that. A little after 9. The previous game will probably go into triple overtime. It's the last game of the night and of the first round on True TV. So technically, no matter what, SLU will probably be one of the final 33 teams in the field, if you think about it. So they can put that on the if they Correct. don't advance, even if they, they lose, say, at one point at let's say nine fifty eight, they will be one of the final thirty three teams in the field. But if this is a team that was weary and kind of had used everything they had with a short bench, almost no bench to win that tournament, isn't that the best case scenario? Oh, it's you're great. now off until like you're not playing at noon on Thursday. You're the last game on Friday. So if fatigue is a factor at all, and it Shouldn't be at this point, but still, at least you don't play until the final game on Friday night. Billikens win that Atlantic 10 conference tournament uh, in exciting fashion. I think as we predicted late last week, Rammer is superstitious. He told us on Thursday, remember, I said, how do you approach it? He said, you pack for five days. He said, when you get on the plane, that's how you got to do it. So I'm going to only assume he's now going to pack for San Jose is it DC? Is the next time I forget? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then Minnesota. Well, they're in the East Regional, Martin. So it makes sense that they would go, go from, from California to Maryland <laughs> in their travels through the tournament. So we can only assume that Rammer right now today is looking at weather.com for Minneapolis on April eighth, which is the final day of the tournament, Monday, April eighth, where the championship will be set. Don't you have to apply that same mindset? He's going to have to pack for the next three weeks. One hundred percent. And I'm trying not to bring Anything up Bradley. Anything less than that, Rammer, I'm sorry, you're a fraud. Correct. Anything less than you packing <laughs> between now and April 8th. You're a hypocrite. And he'll say, whoa, whoa, whoa. A sham and a fraud. No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Once we advance to the Sweet 16, we'll come home for a couple of days before we go to D.C. So I'll have time to repack. And then after we win the regional in D.C., we'll come home for a couple of days. Well, then my question would be for Rammer, if that's the case. Don't you have to pack the same clothes if they went out this week? And not wash them. And not wash them. Don't same you underwear. have to wear the same wow. clothing the whole way through? That's, good call. That's a really good superstition question. And you hate to jinx it, but I think you're right. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's telling Jen. Like right now, she's like, honey, let's not that a female would be doing laundry. It's not what I was oh implying. My God. Not at all. Oh, wow. But his wife would be saying, honey... You may want to do your laundry now that you're home. If she's not cooking, you're saying. <laughs> right. Or cleaning. Vacuuming. Mopping the floors. You know what I'm saying. I know. So then. Making the bed. He'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do not even think about putting that Billiken shirt into the hamper because that's <laughs> the one that beat Richmond. Hold on. That sweater over there, that's the one that beat Davidson. Whoa, whoa. Okay, those pants, that's. That's how we beat. Those are my Dayton boxers. Thank you. Those are my Bonnie briefs. It's gonna be it's gonna be April eighth in Minneapolis. (laughs) They're gonna do a little little shot of the Billikens playing. They're gonna show the kind of the media row, and there's gonna be just an extended gap in between Rammer and whoever is next to him. (laughs) Earl's gonna be just a little pushed over to the side. Can we talk about can we talk about homerism though with brackets? Sure. Because I was thinking about looking at the brackets and. For myself, there's two teams I care about, Bradley and Slough. I don't think Bradley has any chance to beat Michigan State. How great is it they're playing Sparty, your team? And that was a while back. I mean, I worked there 12 years ago. I'm a big Izzo fan. I've kind of lost 
I have no connection to any of the players anymore that I covered or the recruits back in high school, but Izzo's team, if you watch them with losing now three of their guys and still beating Michigan three times in a row. But what I'm saying is I think no matter where you live in the country, when you fill out your brackets, you always kind of make some homer picks. Now, for myself, I don't think Bradley has any chance to beat Michigan State. However, am I wrong in thinking that SLU has a decent shot? Because when I'm kind of reading and watching all the pundits, everybody, including Joey Brackett, is loving Virginia Tech. And SLU is a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. And I just I don't think it's, it's that big of a difference. Okay, on the topic of Rammer, I have to ask this. What do you mean by decent? Well, what I'm You're saying is... You're channeling your inner rammer. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's a great point. What's decent mean? Okay, how about this? When I check ESPN.com, they do that little deal where they play the game out 100 times and, oh, yeah. and how many outcomes mm-hmm. one team wins. They give SLU a 9.3% chance of beating Virginia Tech. And again, that. that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they should be favored. I'm not even saying they will win. I would think that even if they lost... It wouldn't be a nine and a half point spread, and all that I'm saying is I feel like they have a better shot than what people are giving. Them. What'd you say, twenty five percent maybe? Comes back to the spread, I believe, right? Okay, but that's how you that's how you judge how big of a upset it would be. Again, according to Vegas, and they're looking at this game and saying it shouldn't be that close. Uh, the team that people are starting to love is the number eleven Belmont Bruins, who have a play in mm-hmm. game. Drew Hanlon, USA Today has their four best bets for oh, bracket no. busting. I bet one team is going to be in this. Belmont over Temple playing okay. game, and then they've got Belmont taking out the six-seeded Maryland Terrapins. Okay. Number, 11, uh, number 13, Northeastern against Chris Gardner's Kansas Jayhawks. The, uh, the Jayhawks wow. do, seem, they do seem ripe for one of these. They're every bit of 500 the last, what, two, three months now? And there's always a good 13-4, and Kansas has had some of these famous. And then you've got a 5-12. A well, that'll oh. never, that never happens in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. It's rare. Murray State over number 5. Marquette, perhaps yeah. the most dangerous mid-major. Yeah. Murray State versus the most susceptible power conference <sighs> team. Are you allowed to pick your alma mater to be upset in the first round of the tournament? No. You're not. No, I don't no care because I'm going to. No, I know it's different. Oh, no, I mean upset. Okay, Michigan State go. beating Bradley is not by any definition right. no, an that's upset. That's a good point. This is 12 beating a 5, which I know usually isn't much of an upset given its frequency, but I'm boy, If, if your alma mater loses in the tournament and gets upset and you run around and say, I called it, you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> you, you cannot run around and then own the fact, yeah, that's my alma mater, but I knew they'd lose. I, In fact, on my brackets, I have Murray State making a little bit of a run. You can't do that. They also like Old Dominion. Uh, I like that old Dominion. Haven't watched a single game. 14 seed over Purdue. There are buzzwords used during the selection show when before any of these guys had much of a chance to actually watch the non-major conference teams where it's like it's the same lingo. It's, it's yeah, they're, they got experience. They're efficient. They can shoot the rock. I tell you what, they rebound and defend. It's like, okay. They've just glanced at the rosters like six seniors. That's an experienced team. That's an experienced team right there. You see a lot of like six nine, six ten. Oh, they got size. I do want to see this Jay Morant play. So do I. The guy from Murray State. And you know I that. to play really well, and then sadly he scores Foul 38. Out. Yeah, fouls out. Maybe takes a technical. I want him to score really 35, stupid. but I want Marcus Howard to score 50. But you know Done. the committee swears they do not seed or at least put matchups based on, say, 
would look good for television and what would draw viewers. They might deny this. I guarantee you. They did their math. They seeded the teams. They looked at the five line. They saw Marquette. They looked at the 12 line. They saw Murray State. And they just took those two teams aside and put them right next to each other. Now, let me ask you this. I only bring it up because I think it's a good indicator of how Las Vegas looks at this matchup. I just said that SLU, a 13, is getting 9.5 points to play a 4 in Virginia Tech. You have a 12-5 here, so basically just one seating down. What do you think the spread is on your Marquette squad taking on Murray State? I, have, I say Marquette's favored, but it's probably a one-possession uh, spread. I'll say four. Four and a half. Four and a half. So again, Ooh. that's not that big of an upset, relatively speaking. It looks big, 12-5. Those do always happen in the tournament, but four and a half points, that's not that big of an upset. I think at this point, in 2019, how many tournament games, other than what you saw with Baltimore County beating Virginia, the 16-1 deal? Oh, that was last year. I'm just saying. Virginia was the first one seed ever to lose to a 16 seed. I'm saying, other than something like that that's drawing, you see a 3 or a 4 lose to a 14, 13, it doesn't surprise you anymore. There is no more shock factor. I would be surprised. Is it an upset if Marquette, at this point, (laughs) it'll be an upset if they win that game? It does feel like the field's wide open. My Vegas question for you, not that you're a degenerate gambler. Eh. I'm just a gambler. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a generate. I'm a generate gambler. Well, can you go to Vegas and put money down on a conference? Could you just Ooh. say ACC Ooh. is going to win? And it's probably terrible odds. But could you say here's $1,000 and it's two to five odds? And you get Duke, you get Virginia, you get North Carolina. Is there such a thing? I bet you some sports books would have weird bets like that. What would your sleeper conference be then? Because you're right. The ACC would be the odds on favorite to to have the champion, whether it's Duke, North Carolina, or the bad team that lost to a 16 seed last year. But what uh, what, what then, conference We'll, we'll go in order, then. You'd probably go SEC with a Kentucky, t- Tennessee possibilities, right? Yeah. Auburn, LSU. Gonzaga, yeah. you have a great team, but not much else from one conference. And they threw their game, so they got two teams. Left. Big Ten. Big Ten is very deep. This is the thing with the Big Ten. And look, I'm a Big Ten apologist. Every year, they always say the best conference, best conference. But they never win the national championships. I, they have a lot of seconds. Think about it. Michigan, a couple seconds. Wisconsin, how many times has Sparty been to the Final Four? Now, they won it, but that was going back to 2000. So every year they say deepest conference, which I think is true, but they never win the national championship. Did Ohio State and Conley and those guys, weren't they in? They finished second to Florida when Florida had the back-to-back Al Horford, Joe Kim Noah team. It does seem like your analysis of of like Ohio State football kind of applies to Big Ten basketball in the tournament too, right? That they are usually they're really good. They might get one team to go deep, but other teams just have a weird slip up in the early rounds that just pushes them out. Except for the fact that Ohio State won the first ever college football playoff yes. a mere yes. five years ago. Yes, that's true. And people forget that, it seems. <laughs> Is Michigan Next State topic. still the last Big Ten team to win the national title in basketball? I believe All that's true. All the way to 2000, 2001-ish? It was the 2000 season. One of Izzo's seven Final Four trips. Yeah. First year, they punched the ticket at the Dome 20 years ago. That's Magic right. Johnson in the crowd at the Edward Jones Dome, or it was the TWA back then. That's the first time they got there. But I think since then, Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois. I'm not going to name every Big Ten school because I can't remember if Rutgers. But how many there. seconds? <laughs> Illinois, Michigan, do they have two seconds? Wisconsin has a second. Yeah. Ohio State has a second with Greg Oden. Right. So off the top of my head, there's at least four Big Ten 
second place finishes. All right. Most importantly, are you going to Des Moines on Thursday? Go. Are you working Thursday? <laughs> I'm more <laughs> I'm scheduled to be off, but we got a deep staff. Zach Chode and Rich Gould. We've got a team over there that can handle this. I honestly think, and if I had to work, I would. I honestly think you should go. Even though Bradley's probably going to get slaughtered. Whoa. I still, I'm sorry. I'm not Michigan trying to, State has lost as a two seed before. Okay. I'm not I'm not trying to diminish the Bradley brand. Whoa. But you are. Whoa. You're not going to be allowed to cover the team. <laughs> I, that's right. I probably will You're never be, be allowed to practice. coach on again. <laughs> Listen, that was the weekend story, okay? We've moved past that. My favorite We're thing not about talking that, about the matchup. I, I love, my favorite part about that story was everyone, I just saw it on Twitter, is always tagging Chuck in it as if it's his responsibility right. <laughs> or he's Mr. Bradley, so he has to answer for that story. Okay, it's and funny you say that. Should we give a quick backstory to the joke? Okay, so if you hadn't heard, basically, Bradley, I, I think what this came down to was Brian Wardle didn't like the coverage from this one beat writer for the Peoria Journal Star, which is the main and only paper in Peoria. So they restricted some of his access this year when this gentleman wanted to cover an event, which was basically previewing Bradley making the tournament and having some media availability, which you would think the school would want all the publicity in the world, since they haven't made the tournament in 13 years, they restricted this guy's access. Then another columnist at the paper lit him up, lit up Bradley, as they should have. And then it was unanimous with every media member on earth, all rightfully so, said Bradley, what the hell are you doing? Including Charlie Steiner, where the sports communication building was founded and named after alum Charlie Steiner. Every single person said, Bradley, what are you doing? They realized that, and they should have done it beforehand, but they apologized. They apologized to the reporter. They took a picture with him and put it out on Twitter. <laughs> I they saw had a, a lovely statement. photo, yeah. So, <laughs> the guy's been covering the team for 30 years, basically, and said, I'm just a reporter. I don't really chime in. They had some dark moments when Mortal got there. They're a bad team, what, 5-27, and 27. Mm-hmm. and apparently they've been scorekeeping housekeeping a little bit and said, you know, you haven't been fair to us. You haven't promoted the brand. Everybody's like, whoa. Ooh, do you think maybe if the Rams had gotten good here, they would have banned you from the Edward Jones now? Oh, probably. <laughs> but look, this story comes out I hope. Friday night. <laughs> I'm getting home late. Our final prep zone at Fox 2. Great show. Great season the prep zone. I'm trying to watch Pac-12 After Dark, which is the greatest thing ever, with Bill Walton just <laughs> being crazy and probably high. He actually missed, he missed the beginning of overtime in one of these games because he was going to the bathroom after regulation. <laughs> it, is must, thrilled. it is must-watch TV. It is so entertaining. But I read this Bradley story, and over the course of that night, and then when I wake up, and I was kind of busy, actually. We had a big weekend, family in town. I had to do a little work Saturday morning, and everybody's tagging me. Have you heard this? <laughs> Have you seen this? As if I hadn't heard about a huge negative story to my university. Or you're I mean, directly responsible people. for it. I actually felt like I needed to have a definitive statement so people would stop tagging You should have typed it out like in your notes. I like taking a screenshot and posted it on the Twitter like when an athlete does when they transfer. I will say this, though. To defend overall my university, to me, and I know a lot of the parties involved, I worked for the athletic department. I covered the team for one year for the local ABC station. To me, this came down to the coach having a beef with the beat writer. And I get it. It was a stupid look for the whole school. But when you say, oh, it's about Bradley, it's actually about the coach. And I understand it reflects poorly on Bradley. This is also Bradley that has a groundbreaking sports communication program founded by Charlie Steiner. They host a sports reporter symposium every fall 
specifically for sports journalism. They also have by far the number one speech and debate program in Ooh. the country. So what I'm saying is, look, I understand it's a bad look. It's not like Bradley's down on journalism. This was a really stupid thing to do with the coach and a beat writer. You really should have defended your basketball program and said in their defense that writers are hack and deserve to get removed from the arena. <laughs> it does amaze me. It always amazes me that when they go around the room, and I don't care who's in charge, says, we're hiring so-and-so. And, and nobody says, whoa, bad idea. Or he says, wait a minute, we're banning a guy right before. We're, we're about to get all this great press. We're one of the Cinderella's in it. Let's not create any negative headlines. I'm always amazed that nobody in the room says. Next topic. Or Charlie's, to be fair, which will be a class taught at the Charlie Steiner Communication Department, to be fair, 101. But Professor also, Marlo. look, this was the big story <laughs> Saturday. Media people love this stuff, too, because Twitter, moving on. Twitter is all about media people basically shaming other media people. That's yes. why Twitter was invented. 100%. And I understand that Bradley should have gotten all of the negative press they did for all day Saturday and maybe a little into Sunday. Now it's Selection Sunday. It's passed. You have the matchups. We're talking hoops. Bradley wore it, rightfully so. Let's talk hoops. So maybe they win that game, pull off a monster upset, and Jim Nance is on the call in Des Moines. And, say, and the Braves are marching on to the second round despite banning a reporter and creating all sorts of bad blood and ill will until they apologized and tweeted out and tagged Charlie Milo. Those Braves have knocked off Sparty. Still a really bad look last week. You're saying that might come up again. That was a very long call. I well, put out there, I put out there on Twitter, I said when they win the national championship, Ooh. which again, I believe it's April 8th. It's that Monday. In Minneapolis. And the Nancyism will be, they denied media access, but now the Braves won't be denied. There it is. Bradley, your national champion. How about that? I like that. Uh, before the break, Chuck, we've got to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you about Triad, which is take it to the bank, Triad. You take can do that bank, text Bradley line. You wins. guys will check the text line. i got to sure. run over to the Billikens and get a little media access today. Talking about Virginia uh, Tech. Uh, you haven't been supporting the brand, Martin. You might not be allowed <laughs> in. Allowed Please, that would be so awesome. <laughs> Brian Kunderman, if you're listening, Martin. when Martin walks in to Chaffetz, tell him to go home. He has not properly supported the SLU brand and promoted you know, it. Martin um, actually might go home, though. That's the risk. <laughs> All right, see ya. You know, Travis and I were talking, and... I mean, all the free throw jokes, and you did that bit on TV where you and Charlie were shooting those wads of paper and kept missing the trash can and said, who are we? <laughs> we're the Billikens shooting free throws. That really wasn't very nice. And uh, we just, we've just we been reviewing some of the comments. It seemed like Five for Frank got really negative after we lost a couple games, and so you're not good for the brand. That just wouldn't happen. So you're down there. At you hold them accountable I will. for winning four games in four days in Miraculous fashion. Why did you put yourself in such a bad spot where now you're in the NCAA, but you're gassed? Why did you put yourself in this bad spot? Are they gassed when they have five days off and they're the Correct. last game in the first round? Can you really say that? No. That's a stupid That's a stupid media comment. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're not gassed. You were gassed when Yesterday. you actually played the fourth game in four days. I don't think you're gassed five days later at 9 p.m. Central Time Friday. To be fair. Take it to the bank. Brought to you by Triad Bank. Text into the program. The coveted hour at 855-282-8255. Should Rammer wear the same clothes he wore in Brooklyn? That's one of our hot topics. 855-282-8255. Triad Bank. The neighborhood. Friendly bank. Ready to do business with you. If you're a small business owner looking to expand, make sure you talk to them about a loan to expand what you're doing, and you're going to have decision makers right here in St. Louis, founded and started by St. Louis folks. Triad Bank located in Frontenac on Clayton Road, one block west 
of Lindbergh stop by and talk to Jim Regna and his team. They always have a big old party on Thursday. They always celebrate March Madness. Let's go. Triadbanking.com is where you find them on the web. At Offenberg Hyundai's in O'Fallon, Illinois, a short ride to a great deal. Stop by and see the new showroom, new service center, and the award-winning cars on the lot. That includes pre-owned vehicles if you're in the market for a third car, maybe a kid down at college you need a car pre-owned on the lot. In addition to that, they'll find a car. Year, make, model, let them know. They'll find the car for you. Part of the award-winning service at Offenberg Hyundai O'Fallon, Illinois. Green Mount Road is the exit on the web, OffenbergHyundai.com. Chuck, you've got the controls when we come back. Let's do this. We have some clips do from this. Joey Brackett's breaking down Slew's first-round like matchup. Okay, man, have a good one. Show Martin going down there for accountability theater with the Slew Billikins. We'll check in uh, later. I'm sure all kinds of coverage tonight on Fox 2 of your Slough Billikens, the A-10 tournament champs. Myself, Brian Hoffman, Jim Hewer coming up next on the other side of the break with the final segment of the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com.